if I was to look ahead at my 2023 on the 1st of January this year, and I knew that my sexual assault case is going to come to fruition, I'm going to go working and traveling for five or six months. The advice I'd probably tell myself in that situation is good things will come to you when you are being truest to who you are. So whenever I get into a situation where I could go left or right, I say, well, what would classic Ruben do? I'd probably just encourage myself to be more classic Ruben because the temptation is always to like go into your shell. So I'd probably just prep myself up to be like, no, be more classic Ruben because when you're being classic Ruben, you are getting out there confidently speaking about what it's like to be a victim of sexual assault. On the absolute flip side of that, you are wearing a full uniform of cricket whites <laughs> to the Lord's cricket ground for the ashes. <laughs> and then again to the Cricket World Cup in India. Before we jump into the episode, we've got a quick message from our good friends at Deakin University. Deakin has been a huge supporter of sports grad since day one. If you're currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification in sports management on your resume can give you a huge leg up over other potential candidates applying for that same role. So if you want to pump up your resume and get specialized knowledge in sports behavior, law, marketing, ethics, finance, governance, and strategy, take a look at Deakin's postgrad qualifications. Their master of business in sports management is not one of but the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So add a postgrad to your resume, and that's our tip for the episode. Hello, and welcome to the season finale of the Sportsgrad podcast, the ultimate guide to make it in the sports industry. I'm Ryan Walker, and joining me is the entertaining Reuben Williams. We are two mates who met at Cricket Australia, and each week we learn how people made it in sports. We tease out their career decisions, their work habits, skills and everything they do that makes them great all so that you can learn how to get in get promoted and get thriving in the sports industry rubes last episode of 2023 it's great to be here with you g'day ryan i'm doing very well thank you entertaining that's that's a lot of pressure that you've put on me for the final episode of the year because now i've got to, now i feel like i have to be funny i've got to tell jokes tell good <laughs> stories do everything to try and dial up the entertainment in people's ears as we go through this episode but um I actually did get some good feedback recently from our friends at Deakin University. And this is off the back of emceeing the Deakin Chancellor's Dinner for 2023. Ooh. And uh, I got a lo- I had a very big role. And uh, I got a lovely email from the event organizer saying you were a very good balance of, of uh, professional and entertaining. And uh, yep. I didn't have many jokes, but um, I just kind of picked on anyone who walked on stage. So for example, like the, the chancellor, he told this long story about, you know, how he got introduced into Deacon and how his friends took him along to a band uh, to see a band called Inks. And then he explained that it was in excess. <laughs> so that gave me a bit of material for the rest of the night. So every single time I'd be like, coming up is Inks. I'm like, no, it's not actually. We got something else <laughs> happening. So so um, I'll do my best. I'm not sure that I can promise anything as, as high quality as the Inks reference for the entire episode, yeah. but we'll give it a go. <laughs> uh, good on Inks. I, I heard um, I heard one joke around AI taking people's jobs really hit the mark. So yeah, well done on that. Just a bit of mail from the, uh, the Deacon Chancellor's dinner. <laughs> uh, but shout out to Deacon. Thank you for a big year there. Our number one. Uh, partner of the podcast and we wouldn't wouldn't be here without them so big shout mm. out to them that's it and we are on the, on, on that note bit of news we're, we're going around again with deacon so fourth we're going year around of, again fourth year of the partnership so thank you deacon you very much absolutely love it now rubes i i love this time of year it's december christmas is coming it's starting to heat up you know there's a bit of bit of energy around the place and it got me thinking the other day, you know, especially in the sports industry, that there's there's a few different types of people that are operating at this time of year. You've got, you know, your Cricket Australia and your Tennis Australia. They are just absolutely manic, uh, you know, typing away, just, you know, full focus on Boxing mm. Day tests, the summer, Australian Open. Probably working on Christmas Day. Absolutely. Take a few hours on Christmas Day. You're probably working Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. It's a pretty hectic time of year. Yep. Then, then you've sort of, you've got those people who are, you know, they've got to work and they're, you know, they're probably ducking out to the shops, doing a bit of Christmas shopping, coming back, moving the mouse around to make sure their lights on green, 
you know, things aren't too hectic around the place. Probably working from home a little bit. Definitely walking um, from home, yep. Doing the washing yeah, as so well. That, a midweek washing sesh working from home. Yep, 100%. Um, you know, just limping to the finish line. You know, you're not you're not hitting it with any great pace, but you, you'll get there. Then you've got the group that's just completely switched off. You know, you know, there's a few people we know who are probably at the pub. Um, you know, they're going to the cricket over here in Perth. The cricket's on on Thursday. They're doing the full day on Thursday. They're, they're mm. not, you know, they might log on a little bit in the morning, but that's it. Like, they're absolutely done. You'd, you'd love and the to last work, group. You'd love to work for a winter sport in Perth while the cricket's on. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, it's a busy time over here. Uh, and the last group, which is one of my favourites, is those who are sort of pretending to be busy. So, you know, you know they're at home, they're probably doing their stuff, but you give them a buzz and their response is always like, yeah, yeah, nah, nah, busy, mate. It's sort of, you know, big end to the year. So just want to give a shout out to those people that are probably tuning in uh, today and whatever group you, you sort of fit into, um, good on you for doing your thing. And um, my advice would be if you're not working at cricket or you're not working at tennis or, you know, a major summer sport, Get outside, get doing your thing. It's mid-December. Uh, it's time to uh, time to shut it down. So uh, a big shout out to those people as well. Yep. Which one do you fit into, Ryan? Um, <laughs> you, you see, we went through that CA sort of period and that was, <laughs> I mean, we loved it, but it wasn't fun working on Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. So I think I'm... I think we're fairly busy right now, but it's not like, you know, someone's hounding us. Uh, mm. It's not crazy. I wouldn't say I'm completely switched off. I'm definitely not at the pub, mm. uh, but I feel like, you know, I can do the washing. I can yep. duck out. <laughs> like I'm going to go see Nan today for lunch, which is going to be mm. fantastic. Shout out to Nan. She actually watches this. So, g'day, Nan. Um, so, I'm sort of in the middle there, I reckon. Yep. But, um, yeah, a shout out to those guys. Yeah, nice. Well, we're we're probably going to sound like number four, those pretending to be busy right now, because yeah. uh, we want to give you a bit of a recap of the year. And there are a lot of businesses out there who are doing their own version of Spotify Wrapped, where they'll give you a number of every single type of thing that they did. We haven't had the time to do that, so we're putting ourselves yeah. in the too busy bucket. So um, yeah. I'm not sure if no, we're busy. I'm not sure if there's a member out there. Sheka Shrida is usually pretty good at this stuff, but. but uh, if someone would be willing to calculate how many podcasts, how many speed networking nights, how many meetups we've done, that would uh, that would be great to know. We we just haven't had the time to do it. So, um, unfortunately, we fall into that fourth bucket of you know pretending to be busy. But uh, we've got a bit of stuff yeah. going on. But oh, we so will, busy. yeah, we will recap the year because it has been a huge year. It is um, pretty wild to think that um, back in uh, when was it? January, February at the start of this year that we opened the year with a, a whole bunch of uh, fresh meetups. And then mm. we, um, we've we done like, what, three or four in each city around Australia, uh, including a couple of different types of meetups. We did a meetup at a football game for the first time. We went to Melbourne yeah. versus Carlton at the MCG where I think we had 170 people come along to that, which was yeah. unreal. And then we also went to the NRL too. We did the Broncos game up in Queensland too. I think we had about 40 or 50 at that and that turned out yep. to be the NRL grand final yeah. kind of curtain raiser or, or pre-show. <laughs> we were treated that night to a classic. Yeah, we had the two best teams in the NRL that night. So that's what you get from sports grad meetups, only the very best. Only the best. Only yep. the best. And Melbourne and Carlton as well, you know, high up. They, they had a great game. Was it the, uh, the semi, I believe, Carlton victorious there? So yes. Yeah. We only do things that are excellent. That's it. That's it. And then on top of that, we ran our first London meetup, which was a massive eye-opener for the size of the opportunity going on over there. And um, that night we had 120 people in the room in London in like, well, I think it was like the 30th of June or something like, you know, middle of summer. Everyone turned out for that, which was amazing to kind of know that we have a community on the other side of the world. And ever since then, we've had a lot of people inquire about, hey, you know, what's the network like over in London? Because I'm trying to make the move there and, and vice versa. We get a lot of people from Great Britain who are like, I want to move to Australia, you know, how can I get involved? And then um, this has only just come to mind now. It feels like a lifetime ago, but 
the uh, first ever India meetups were in January this year, which yeah. feels hard to believe. <laughs> but um, when I was there, got together with a couple of universities and hosted a couple of meetups in um, in Mumbai, which I think were on back-to-back days from memory. So we've gone to Mumbai, we've gone to London, we've had all of Australia too. We've done at sporting events as well. And then inside the community, we've had everything from Q&As with people like Melissa Lawton from Sale GP to, you know, job fairs with the FIFA Women's World Cup of all, all, of all places uh, to bloody speed networking nights taking off. Just the other night we had what, was it 55 or 65 people that, on the call? I think I, th- I think it was 58 from 58, memory. yep. Um, but I think at one point we had over 60. So, you know, it's it just went bonkers. And that, that was comfortably like the best event, online event for the community that we'd had all year because yep. I think as well what we probably learned is that as over time as people kept showing up to these speed networking events, people got more and more familiar with them, people became more confident online, people started talking up more. And so by the end of the year, you know, we find ourselves on a call with 60-odd people all laughing, talking over the top of each other, trying to chat about anything. And it was just, it was just a whole lot of fun. Whereas I kind of think about some of the earlier ones from, you know, years gone by where, you know, everyone's meeting each other for the first time. We're on Zoom. Um, it's a bit bit awkward. I think, you know, you and I have definitely learned a lot about how to facilitate those sessions a lot better as well. And so um, the most recent session to round out the year was, um, was a lot of fun. Yeah. I must say that the one the other night, and I, I don't think we've, we're shy in, in saying sort of where we've come from to where we are now. Like I think, you know, I look back even a year and a half, two years, and it's like we had a, a session once where it was like 10 people on, right? And that's that's totally okay. But it's like seeing where it's got to now. Like the other night felt like it was 60 mates on a call all like having banter. Like a- Angus Yeats was ripping into me on the call and I'm like, well, what's going on here? Uh, it was just such a good vibe. And I think that's exactly what you said there. Like as people build confidence, as you meet people more often, um, you're going to get that. So I think the other night was kind of just, uh, you know, I think we got off the call, jumped straight on our own call and just said that was amazing. It was like such a such a good feeling around the place. So um, it's been good to see how those have grown this year. Yep, definitely. Then the other one has been the, the creation of SportsGrad Pro, where we've now done two intakes. We've got just under 120 people in there of... Um, full-time professionals working in the sports industry. And um, that's been an amazing group to, to work with as well. Um, hearing what a lot of these people are up to and hearing about some of their experiences has been amazing to, to learn about and amazing to connect other people so they can learn from each other and explore different opportunities. And to see the, the uh, In the Wild channel go off where people are posting selfies, catching up for a beer or catching up for a coffee or, or doing whatever it might be. Um, has been very cool to uh, to be at the center of that. Might I also say, I probably missed one other thing. Your Friday coffee catch-ups, where you either just like go to a local cafe or, or go for a walk, <laughs> they've been outstanding. <laughs> it's like every week in the community or, or on LinkedIn, there's like a new photo of people holding their, their yeah. cup of coffee up in the, up in the air going for a walk. Yeah, totally. And like we'll, we'll chat further in this episode around, around some of that, but... Um, yeah, they've been a lot of fun, like so much fun and people just buying into it, um, you know, thinking how can I sort of do something really, really solid and and tangible for my career. And I think Friday mornings is the perfect time for it. It's kind of like that, that point in the week where everyone's looking forward to the weekend. There's good vibes. Everyone's up for a coffee. Um, and even those who, who want to have a walk instead, I think it's good to change these things up and not just sit, sit on a table. So Shout out to all, all those guys who've uh, who've jumped in and um, and met some new people and, and thrown themselves in the deep end at the same time. It's not easy to rock up with some people who you might not have met before and just go for a walk around the tan track. So um, so a shout out to those guys. Um, it's been awesome. Now, as always, Ryan, we've got to we've got to give our community a shout out for their recent wins. So there's a big list as always. So bear with me. First off the rank. Caitlin Stones, game day social media intern at the WNBL. Well done to you, Caitlin. Rishab Jain, reporter intern at the Courier Mail. Well done to you, Rishab. Uganda, 
Yagan's been around for a long time. Well done to you, mate. Yep. You've just picked up a role as a customer experience ambassador at Tennis Australia. A lot of people going to Tennis Oz at the moment. The uh, Australian Open's picking up and coming very, very quickly. Then we've also got Rebecca Rutherford as a sports writer for 91.3 Sports FM. So well done to you, Beck. So a couple of... Um, Couple of reporter jobs coming in this week, mm. which is which is uh, wonderful to see. Big journalism vibes happening. Yeah, big, which is always big good. Journal- exactly. Hard spot to get into, so big props to you guys for getting in there. Absolutely. And uh, community events. Well, we're done for the year, so twenty twenty three. You can uh, put a line through. But coming up at the start of next year, we have got speed networking as always. So if you guys are in our rookie community, coming up on the fifteenth of Jan. We'll see there. And then for our pros on the 24th of Jan, we know those guys like a bit more time over the break. So uh, we'll give you guys your holidays. And then uh, Simon Osborne is coming back for a imposter syndrome masterclass on the 18th of Jan. So those in the rookie community will kind of get two cracks at catching up in in the same week. Mm. And then we go again with the meetup circuit. So Feb meetups are coming. I think it's... uh, Melbourne on the 9th of February. Then we go to Perth and Adelaide on the 13th. Brisbane on the 14th. Sydney on the 15th. It's all happening. We didn't. We deliberately left Friday the 16th of February open in Melbourne because Taylor Swift is in town and we haven't got tickets yet, but we know a lot of people will be going to that. So Swifties, yeah. we hear you and um, we respect you. So no meetup that night. And and I'm also right in saying that we've got a Valentine's Day meetup happening, Roots. Yeah, um, we do. We do. We don't probably... respect Valentine's Day as much as we do Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah. but I think, you know, for those out there that are a bit worried around your Valentine's Day plans, there's no better place to celebrate love than a sports club meetup. So, you know, bring yeah. your partners along, bring your friends along. Um, you know, it can be the love grad meetup for the night. We're totally yeah. fine with that. <laughs> Maybe um, we should just do speed dating that night. Yeah, we should we should have a some sort of Valentine's theming, I would have thought. So uh, it's not an excuse not to come as well, I would have thought. Sports grad singles night or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something to something to workshop. Yep. Yep. Anyway, if you want to stay up to date with everything going on at SportsGrad, including speed dating night on the 14th of February, then uh, subscribe to our newsletter, sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter is where you can grab that. There's also a link in the show notes to join. Brilliant. All righty, Rubes. As we know, it's the season finale of the podcast. Um, and how's this is our 269th podcast? I still, whenever I look at the number, I'm like, I don't really know how that's happened. Mm. But... Um, today things a little bit different uh, and for those who tune in each week you'd know that we do our quick fire questions if, uh, for our guests and today we're going to run the same quick fire questions but we're going to do that on each other so you're going to get a little bit of an insight into our background um, and some things that uh, we love to do some things that have helped us and we'll go from there so as we always do, I will start the quickfire questions going for you first. So I will go with, what was your first ever job? First ever job was working at a bakery. I was 14 and nine months to the day when I started. I love that bakery story as well. Uh, what did you study at uni? Uh, I started with a marketing degree, but then I dropped out after a year and a half and then did exercise science and sport management at our beloved friends at Deakin University. Brilliant. And your favourite sporting moment? At the moment, it is Glenn Maxwell's 201 not out at the Cricket World (laughs) Cup against Afghanistan because one, it's just an unbelievable achievement and two, I was there. And then then there's almost a... there's an element of it being in India and also being one of about 20 Australians in the crowd to see it that kind of yep. has, has dialed it up in my mind too. So, yeah, other than that, it was probably a year before that where Matthew Leckie scored the winner against Denmark to send us to um, the round of 16. Yeah, a new that's a new moment. Like It's very fresh. A lot of people mm. going back to the well, but I, I like that. Um, your favourite interview question to ask somebody? Uh, I like asking people, what are you reading at the moment? Because I think just about every, maybe not every problem, but most problems in the world have been solved and documented in a book somewhere. Yeah. And so I think no matter what you're trying to figure out, whether it's career related or anything else related, usually there's something in a book that uh, can help you. 
Uh, so I like to understand what people are, are reading because I want to know what they're learning. Yep. Or, or what they're curious about. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Staying on the book theme, what's a, a book or a podcast that's helped you at work? Mm. So one podcast that I listen to a lot at the moment is called Lenny's Podcast. It's a It's made for product managers like – you know, people who work at Airbnb and Uber and that kind of stuff. But um, it's all about building products that help the world and um, going deep into some of the roles and skills you need. So and some of that's applicable to us in building this business. So um, that's been helping me at the moment. Nice. And are you associated with any grassroots sporting clubs? I am. I went to cricket training the other night for the first time this season, Ryan. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm back playing Huge. at Wycliffe Cricket Club and I won't get a game in before Christmas, but after Christmas, uh, watch this space. Nice. That is, uh, that is massive. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, if you had 30 minutes to pick anyone's brain, who would it be? At the moment, it would be Ange Postacoglu because I know, Tottenham <laughs> have, I know Tottenham have had a rough patch recently. And, you know, you go back a month, uh, Ange was like all the rage. But I, w- I would still stick with Ange. I'd love, to, I'd love to chat with him because I think an Australian coaching in the biggest football league in the world uh, is absolutely outstanding. So I'd love to, love to chat with him. Brilliant. Well done. Awesome. All right. Time to return serve. Let's go. Ryan, what was your first ever job? I worked in a canteen at Claremont Pool here in Perth, making coffee and selling lolly bags. How old were you when you started? I reckon, eight, I reckon I was 18, 17, 18, just out of school. Nice. Oh, you waited till school to get your first job? Yeah. I feel a bit of... Yeah, were, your parents like, oh, were your parents <laughs> like, oh, we want, we want you to focus on, on school? Obviously, obviously, <laughs> make sure you do well at school, and then you can get out in the real world afterwards. So yeah, yeah, well, that, well, that, that paid off. Uh, yeah. What did you study at university? <laughs> uh, I did a bachelor of commerce, majoring in sports management, and then I did a grad certificate in marketing. Nice. And your favourite sporting moment? The mighty West Coast Eagles winning the grand final in twenty eighteen. Uh, but if I could narrow it down even further, it's like the last two minutes of that game and Dom Sheed threading the needle from the boundary. And I was at that game as well. So that holds a special, special place. Mm. Okay. And what's your favorite interview question to ask of candidates? I, I like the idea of really establishing who they are. So I, I think my favorite question would be like, what does your perfect weekend look like? Uh, to really understand so like, who they are and what their hobbies are, you know, what's their family like, what are they, you know, that kind of uh, kind of question and lead it away from the work side of things. And what's one book or podcast that's helped you at work? Uh, I'm a regular listener of The Imperfects. Uh, it's probably, it's not a lot that are like, I guess, applicable to what I do at work, but I think it's a great way for me to just, switch off a little bit and and think about um mental health and that kind of thing just to switch off so um that one and also uh straight talk by mark burris more so it helps me at work because i like the way that he presents his podcast and he does his content um he's quite simple in the way he talks and i think i can overcomplicate things sometimes so taking sort of how he how he does his podcast mainly yeah both of those are great and are you associated with any grassroots sporting clubs at the moment? I am. I am helping the Williamstown Women's Lacrosse Club with their sponsorship. So I did that last season and I apparently I've been uh, put into the role again for, for this season coming. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a bit of fun. A bit different outside of football and cricket. So yeah, love it. Nice. Get a few deals done? Couple. Not as many as I would have liked, but... Uh, there's a few interesting things happening in the cross with um with the Olympics coming and, and things like that. So I think there's some opportunities this year that, that we're gonna look at. Nice, nice. Watch your space, Williamstown Lacrosse. And uh if you had thirty minutes to uh pick anyone's brain, who would it be? 
this one's so hard. Uh, and I, I kind of think we ask this to someone every single week and it is a really hard question. But I think I'd like to talk to Dana White. I think what he's done uh, to grow the UFC from where it was to where it is now uh, is could be a movie one day. Um, but also just he just doesn't care what people think. He just does what he wants and what he thinks is best. So it's interesting to hear his approach to, to certain things. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a fascinating guy and uh, obviously a huge reason why the UFC has grown to become the behemoth that it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all righty, well, that was fun. I kind of like that. We've yeah. never done that before. We love uh, quick-fire questions. Uh, so, yeah, I hope, hope you guys enjoyed that. All right, for the rest of the pod, we've got some member questions that we've received. So we did a bit of a call-out last week and said we've got the season finale of the podcast coming up send us through some of your questions um so we've got a few here that we're going to work through um and hopefully we can provide a little bit of insight around what we do but also um some of our highlights of the year um and so on so first one we had was this is a, a it's a tough question um and it's how do we handle things when things go wrong um, which is, I was having to think about this and I was like, oh, I can't think of many things that went really, really wrong for us this year. Like I think most things have gone relatively to plan, but I think something that comes to mind is like, we are extremely nimble and we can shift direction whenever we need. And even if, you know, something horrifically went wrong, I don't think it's the end of the world. Like things continue to move and something that I always try and live by is, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Like I think that's, it's always something to consider when something does go wrong. But I think the other day, like whenever something doesn't go perfectly, the first thing I feel like we do is like, we just almost just address it immediately. Like what, what's happened. There's a couple of occasions where like, you know, say, um, you know, for example, our last member drop, there were a few things that we wanted to tweak on the way through and we just did it immediately. We didn't sit on it. We didn't dwell on it. We just kind of went for it. So I think probably my one for that is, you know, we're pretty good at jumping on the phone or jumping on a catch-up and just come out with a plan straight away instead of letting it simmer and letting it probably have a worse effect than what it could have if you didn't address it at the very start. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um this came from Ari, one of our favorite members. And uh, Ari, I'll give you an example of something that did go wrong this year and how we addressed it. So we've been steadily growing for the last few years. And then from January to June this year, our membership based flatlined. And we were like, this isn't good. <laughs> this is our main it's source of ideal. revenue. <laughs> this is our main <laughs> source of revenue. We want to keep it going up, not flatlining and then backwards, which is what happened. And so the first thing we did was try and get to the bottom of the problem. So why are people cancelling? Why are people leaving? And that involved a couple of things that you just mentioned, Ryan, like literally talking to cancelled members was the easiest way to find out why are you leaving? Why is this thing kind of plateauing? And that kind of left us with a few insights about what was going on with our community. Um, Number one... A lot of people were getting jobs. <laughs> so we were doing our job, which was great, but they were getting jobs and then moving on. It's like, thanks, sports going to help me get in. See you later, which is totally understandable. Another reason why people cancelled was because we made a change at the start of the year to create a public jobs board, which removed the private jobs board from the community. And a lot of people felt there was a lot of value in getting exclusive access to jobs. And when that was taken away, they, they left. So one, once we realized that, we reversed it. And um, that, actually led to a, um, that actually led to us delivering a lot more value to members quicker because it forced us to look at how do people become a member and then what do they get once they enter it. So we kind of outlined the process of what, what become a member looks like and increased ways that we can deliver value to members quicker and, um, and since then, we, we started trending up again. And so um, so once we'd kind of tweaked things, uh, July ended up being our best month of members ever. But we were a bit 
um, we were a bit sick of like the people who just come in, dip their toe in the water, you know, have a look around, but don't really offer anything and then leave. And so I was like, well, the value of our community is dependent on the, on our people. We need high quality people for this community to be, you know, worthwhile, worth people's time. So that's when we decided to um, cancel, sorry, not cancel, but like deny entry to the community at any point in time. And um, that's when we came up with this intake system to do it in cohorts. So we had our best month of new members in July and then three days into August, we say the community is closing and we beat our best month of members in 12 hours. It was literally like, hey, you've got till tonight and we went straight past our monthly record in, in a day and we were like, wow. <laughs> Yep. Gee, there's a lot of people on the fence here. <laughs> so we did that. We then, um, once the community was closed, we went away and built SportsGrad Pro to address one of our issues for cancelling members. And so now that's a place for people who, once they get their first full-time job in sport or any, if they have a full-time job in sport, that, that they can come to and um, connect and, and learn and grow and find new opportunities in that space there. So now we had a new space for people to kind of graduate up to. And, um, and then when we came back to open up the community again, um, you can now only become a member in one of a few opportunities a year. And I think we gave people about 48 hours to, to do so. The other thing that we did was we, uh, we cut the monthly option and said this is annual only because we believe that networking isn't a month-to-month -month thing. It's a lifelong thing. We want people who are committed to their development, who want to invest in relationships, who want to, you know, give and receive value and, and grow with a committed group of people together. And so by cutting the monthly membership, we really just wanted to filter to people who are in this for the long haul, who've got a long-term approach. And, um, and that's been amazing for our business from cash flow point of view, because a lot of people paying up front, which, you know, great for us. But then like the other great thing is there's a different type of member filling the community. Yeah. And we mentioned before that, you know, there were 55, 60 people on speed networking the other night, you know, they're, they're not the type before when we're doing monthly, you know, people drop in, drop out. They're not jumping on and, and catching up like these annual members are. And so now like we started in a, you know, in a pretty bad space at the start of the year where like, you know, we weren't growing and we're a pretty lean team and, um, you know, aren't making millions of dollars. So if this thing didn't work, like, you know, it was, it was bad. <laughs> and now we finished the year in a better situation than we've, than we've ever been. So um, hopefully, Ari, that gives you an understanding of, you know, how do we handle things when they go wrong? First, identify the problem, then look at ways that you can make it better than it ever was before. And not be afraid to take a risk because <laughs> mm. uh, that's what we did. Um, and you're right, Reeves. I, I think the annual members, you, you create buying. And I think if, you, if you've got a lot of people who are joining monthly, it, gi it gives them a reason to, to not jump in that month. So like we want committed people. And that also creates the value for people in there who met someone on a speed networking night and then, oh, they're not here anymore. It's like, nah, it's a, it's a year-long approach. It's a lifetime approach. Um, and we've got an incredible, incredible group coming through now as a result. Um, awesome. Very nice. What a shift now to uh, some of our member wins because as we know, every single week uh, we talk about members getting jobs on the podcast. Um, they're celebrated in Discord. There's plenty of people always keen to celebrate members who have jumped in and, and found a, a role in the sports industry. But there's some in particular that stand out to us who, you know, people who have worked really hard, put in the hard yards, jumped on speed networking nights, gone on job fairs, come to meetups, um, asking for help in Discord, just contributing in more ways than just simply applying for a job. And I think there's a lot of people that stand out off the bat um, so I've got a few that I can I can sort of start with. Um, the first is our army of FIFA Women's World Cup people. I think, I think we had thirty one. We had over thirty members working at the FIFA Women's World Cup. Um, we had a job fair with the team um, at the, at uh, at FIFA, 
um, to come and talk about some of those roles. And then off the back of that, so many people just sort of took action straight away. They got in touch, they applied, they got all their interview docs together, they just rallied and it just resulted in this huge group of people. And some of the photos coming through were amazing. Absolutely loved the WorkShare channel for that sort of month and a half that the World Cup was on. Um, but just to shout out to those guys who, you know, the FIFA Women's World Cup is a dream, dream event for people to work at and they were able to, to land a job there, um, which was just incredible, incredible to see. Mm, yep. Yep, that was, that was an outstanding period. That was a, <laughs> uh, a very fun yeah. time. We we could list them, but it'd be 30-odd people. <laughs> it's like, yep. You know who we, you are. We'd be here. Yeah, you know who you are. Yep. Uh, a couple of my favourites, uh, just because I'm a massive Hawthorne Football Club fan, uh, Daniel Keane has joined the memberships team. So, Dan, I'll be speaking to you, hopefully signing up for season 2024 <laughs> again. Uh, Path Suri became the quickest member to join and then get a full-time job in sport. He's now the community manager at the Adelaide Football Club. So well done to you, Path. Path has been on the podcast as a result of that. So well done to you. Um, then from our pro community, Alex King, he, um, he presented a dilemma that he had where he had two job offers, one from West Ham United and one from Crystal Palace. So two EPL clubs, if you don't mind. And, um, Pretty much like as a graduate, he's taken on a role as senior marketing manager at Crystal Palace. So, well done to you, Alex. Um, but then my favorite member win for the entire year goes to Acacia Quinn because she's about to find out tomorrow morning that we are going to offer her a full-time contract for 2024. And if she doesn't take it, we can cancel this. We can yeah, edit this out. This out. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, uh, we're so excited for her because she's an absolute legend. Most of the people in the community know her. She does an outstanding job. She represents sports grad incredibly well and, and w- what we stand for. And um, she's just a brilliant person to be around. And then also for us, like, you know, we've, we haven't had anyone full-time outside of you and I. So for her to be the first one um, is, is sensational. But if you want to know how, like, how we got Acacia on board, she... I, I met Acacia on LinkedIn and um, she was looking for an internship. And I said, well, why, don't, why don't you come and join us? And she was posting a lot of stuff on LinkedIn at the time about her her studies over in the US. And so I was like, okay, she's clearly switched on. She's doing stuff like posting on LinkedIn, which we rate highly. Um, why don't you come and join us? And then once we, once we brought her in-house and her internship finished, we are like, well, we need to keep you around. Here's a casual role. And uh, now that she's graduated, uh, here's a full-time job. So uh, hopefully we don't have to edit this section out because um, yeah. we want to cater on the Fingers team. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, absolute star. Um, so hopefully she does take that, Rubes. A um, couple more from my end. Uh, Rachel Bromley, um, also a really quick turnaround from becoming a member. Um, she landed a role in partnerships at Netball Queensland um, and it was awesome to work with Netball Queensland on that role as well. Um, so congrats to, to Rachel. We had Dalen Seekins. He's strategy data, data analyst at North Melbourne. You would have seen him if you were watching the AFL draft, just sitting alongside Alastair Clarkson, telling him all he needs to know about all these young guns coming through. Um, I think he was being compared to, what's the guy off? Um, <laughs> oh, I've had a mind blank here. Off, off the Simpsons? Sideshow Bob? Nah. Who's the guy who um, who sings Every Day I'm Shuffling? Oh, Red Foo from... Um, Red Foo. <laughs> yeah. LMFAO. <laughs> yeah. He was being called Red Foo on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so he caught that. <laughs> so well done, Dalen. Um, another couple, uh, Angus Yeats uh, landed a, a grad role at Adidas um, and he falls into that category of just showing up each and every week, putting himself out there using LinkedIn to his advantage. And I think he beat over 400 applicants to that role to become the one, the one role that they were taking on. So that is just uh, incredible. Uh, and one of our friends in journalism, Jono Barrick, uh, he now works at Fox Sports. And I know he he worked so hard to get that gig, um, as you always have to do in journalism, constantly writing, constantly showing up, constantly posting different pieces of his work and he finally um, landed that that role at Fox. So 
shout out to those guys and, and plenty of Deacon grads in there as well have come through, uh, which is fantastic. So there are wins, uh, wins for the year that stand out. Um, now, speaking of things that stand out for the year, uh, we couldn't go past uh, our favorite podcasts of the year. And we, we I, I don't know if it's just me, but I think we refer to some podcasts as, you know, that, that's made the Hall of Fame or, you know, that that's made the mantelpiece. Um, and it's fair to say that these podcasts really stood out to us this year. That'll, that'll make the pool room. Um, so I might, I might let you lead off, Rubes, and uh, then I can return serve. Yeah, right. Awesome. All right. Well, one of my favorites. I don't. I don't know if I can give these an order. Like this is just these yeah. are just my group of favorites. And there's no a lot ordering. More. This is purely yeah. pool room quality. Yep. And there were there were there were so many great guests this year. It's really hard yeah. to drill it down to a few. Um, but my gr- my great friend Emily Jackson, who is the head of or was a head of legal at the FIFA Women's World Cup when we got her, her on at the start of the year, that was sensational because it just felt like we were having a chat with a, a close friend. So I love that one. Uh, I loved Adrian Tobin's interview. I think we spoke for about two hours. Mm. We've never done that with anyone before. Yeah. That was episode two hundred and fifty. Is that longest ep ever? Definitely by a country mile. Yeah. By about 20-odd minutes, half yeah, an hour even. <laughs> at least, at least. Uh, but he was just someone interesting who I'd been following on LinkedIn for a long, long time and finally got to pick his brain and he was open to every single question we asked. Uh, another one, Tom Hickey, who became a panellist in Brisbane, who uh, was the like fifth or sixth employee at the Brisbane 2032 Games Committee uh, and has an incredible story of making it to the NFL in New York, to the IOC in Switzerland, back to Australia to join the Brisbane 32 games. Like he's a, he's a great person with a great story. And funnily enough, played for the same junior cricket club as me. So um, uh, that was a nice little connection that we had. And then uh, last one, shout out to Danny Bowron, who used to be the partnerships manager for our Deacon sponsorship and is the reason why Deacon began sponsoring us back in 2021. But getting to interview him about his career and um, reflecting on uh, the time that we had working together was, was very special as well. So those are a few of my favorites, but then, you know, beyond that, like we interviewed Melissa Lawton from sale GP at the start of the year. I ended up getting coffee with her in London. We interviewed Shane Leonage at the start of the year. I ended up catching up with him at Wimbledon. So it's been a, and, and then also as well, going way back beyond this year, we did an interview with Garth Towen in 2020 from the international Olympic committee end up staying at his house in, in Switzerland. So <laughs> the podcast has just been a great way to meet cool people around the world and actually get the chance to see them in their, in their zone. Yeah. No, it's a great list. Um, and I almost feel bad saying our favorites because they're all just outstanding. Um, but I've got a few here. One is Sarah Burt, who was only a few weeks ago. I just thought hearing about her journey um, to now be a freelance journalist and, and sort of go through that process and take that leap of faith was was super interesting. And I thought, you know when you're speaking to a journalist because they're just so well-spoken. And I think that was something that really stood out for me with, with Sarah. Um, another one was Michael Wilson. I think we sort of stepped out of that podcast just like, oh my God, this guy is just an absolute gun. Um, and I also loved how he was willing to give uh, Pranav, our podcast superstar producer and a budding photographer, some feedback on some of his work live on the podcast. Like I thought that was that was pretty special. Um, another one was Sam Perry. Um, we love the great cricketer. We've been fans for a long time, so it was awesome to get him on. And he is uh, a very funny guy as well. Um, so anytime you can just laugh your laugh your head off during a pod is is always a good pod. Um, but also like his journey to get to where he is now is quite an interesting one. Um, you know, not sort of working in anything to do with podcasting and journalism, just kind of worked worked his way in, and his love of cricket came through. And then finally, uh, Chris McPherson. So Chris is uh, obviously one of our one of our members, long-time member now, um, and hearing where, where he's moving to and how he's sort of landed his many gigs, being an MC, being a podcaster, doing all sorts of things in that space, but also managing a dual career at the same time is, uh, is something pretty cool. So, um, 
Yeah, just a big a big thank you from us to all of our podcast guests. I know you'd all be listening, obviously, um, but just thanks for for giving us a an hour and a half of your time and um, just appreciate the insights that people give. And we always say, Rubes, the sports industry is extremely giving, um, and we find that with trying to get guests on this podcast, everyone is so willing to jump on and, and provide insights for those who are keen to learn. So a big shout out to them. Yep, yep. The people we get to meet is truly the, the best part of doing this podcast. Absolutely. All right, on to some of the uh, the deeper stuff, the the questions that really get us thinking, and that is uh, something we've learnt in 2023. We got this question, we thought it's great to touch on this. Um, we I feel like we've learnt so many things over this journey. Uh, and as you sort of said before, this year has been an interesting one, like ups and downs and, and sort of finishing on a, a nice little high. But there's always things that we learn along the way. And especially this year, I'm sure there's been a lot on your end as well, having been away for sort of the five, six months. So perhaps um, we'll start with you and I can come back. Yeah, for sure. You're right. It's been a massive year from um, <laughs> from the challenges that we had as a business in the first half of the year to... Um, uh, having to go to court and give my evidence for my sexual assault case, which thankfully went favourably, uh, to then travelling and working for, for five, five or six months. There's um, been no shortage of action, that's for sure. It's been quite a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't think, any, I don't think like, that probably has never been said before, like what <laughs> yeah. you just said there. <laughs> Those collection of three, three things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm writing a blog about working and traveling, so I'll probably share some of those lessons, uh, in that. So, um, but a couple of other things I've learned this year is, um, from like from a business point of view, like the potential for sports grad in London, like that really opened my eyes. I remember I had, I had like a moment when I was packing up the room in London, walking out, being like, holy shit, like this little operation has made it to London and 120 people attended. Like that, that was really, really special. Um, so that was something that I didn't know before this year. Uh, another thing that I've kind of known, but it really kind of hit us between the eyes this year is that our community is growing up. <laughs> and um, the need for sports grad pro and a professional community for people in the industry became a necessity. And, um, and uh, again, that kind of hit us between the eyes as we learned why people were, were cancelling and leaving at the start of the year. Um, but, you know, as we, as we grow and evolve, um, hopefully we'll end up, more, end up serving more people that enter the industry and work in the industry than don't work in the, in the industry. And so there's kind of learnings for us in terms of how we evolve as a business as well because that's probably going to become the main demographic of people who who come to sports grad so that's been another interesting take or another interesting learning this year is um who's our audience and and how are they changing too because that ultimately requires changes for us and then the last one um is in relation to my sexual assault case and that is that i learned this year just how much support there is out there because before I spoke publicly about my sexual assault, before I went to court and did all of that, I had no idea how supportive people would be. And I think for anyone who you know has gone through any sort of trauma, you always carry with you the unknown of you know what are people going to think? Does this label me as something? Are people going to stigmatize me, or you know, am I going to be seen as any different now? And um, and that can be very anxiety-inducing. And so when I um, spoke about it and shared, hey, this is who I am, this is part of my history, I had north of 300 messages hit my you know, message inbox, hit my email inbox, DMs on Instagram, DMs on LinkedIn. And they came from like every part of the, the sports industry, from like literally like podcast guests who we talked to a week before to CEOs of national sporting organizations, to friends I haven't spoken to in like over 10 years. And um, and that just gave me so much strength and comfort. And that was something I didn't know 
was available before this year and something that I'd kind of been nervous about for, for four or five years. So I spoke all about how I was feeling at the time um, back in t- episode 240-odd. But, um, yeah, if I was to drill it down to one thing I've learned this year in relation to that, it would be I did not know how much support was out there. Brilliant. They're really good learnings. I love, yeah, I love the last one. Uh, and that must, it must be a, an awesome feeling finding that out. You know what I mean? Like when, when all those messages come in, it's like, you know, hopefully a little bit of a weight came off your shoulders knowing that there's a lot of people there who are who are looking out for you and, and want only the best. So that that's really good. Yeah, 100%. How about you? What yeah, I think I'll say, yeah, I'll go for it. No, I was just going to say the community is growing up. I think I loved what you said there around hopefully we get to the point where we're servicing more people in the industry because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get as many people in the industry as we can. So if we get better at that, then hopefully more people are going to be in there and we're just dealing with professionals. Uh, so that would be fantastic. Um, some things that I've learned this year, um, I don't know if it's a learning, but I, I just... I sunk my teeth a bit more into into LinkedIn and really sort of lent into looking at the data, which I know you love to do and I've kind of got into a little bit, but just seeing like what works and what doesn't work um, and trying to be, I guess, as authentic as I can on it. Um, so I feel like, you know, I've, I've learned a bit more around, around what I'm posting and, and what I want to be posting and things like that. Um, and that probably stems into another thing, which is I've learned that I, I really don't need to worry about what people think so much. Um, I, I watched this great video a few months ago. It was like, why do we care about what um, random people who you went to school with think about you right now and you never speak to them and never even engage with them? So it kind of just gave me this sort of like, I don't really care anymore. I'm just going to be who I am. And I think that was a really nice uh, realisation. So if, if you're out there and haven't realised that it doesn't matter what people think uh, in certain aspects, I urge you to find that out. Uh, it's been a really good one for me. Um, and the other one is just the value of in-person connection. Um, I look back and I, I, you know, even when we were first setting the community up and even earlier this year, what do we want this to be? I honestly thought in my head that people are happy to just sit on calls the whole time and catch up online and speak online. Um, and like, I truly believe there's a space for that and it's, it, you need to have a space for that. It, it's crucial. But I think the value of in-person connection really rammed home for me starting this little coffee group getting along to meetups and just seeing how much people enjoy seeing people face to face and myself seeing some of our members face to face and i reckon we said this so many times in the meetups it was, a bit, it was pretty funny but like you see people for the first time we actually met them you shook their hand and you've met them and i reckon it would have happened 20 odd times at the meetups i was like i feel like i already know you like we already have this connection um so just experiencing that and, and seeing all the people that we connect with online um and how much people enjoy um seeing people's emotions and actually just speaking to people i think that was a really good learning uh for me this year and it has kind of you know stuck with me in terms of like planning for next year and what we want to do i think more in-person events people are crying out for that so it's super exciting to to get that get that moving yep yeah, you just reminded me that um, we went to the Grand Prix this year. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't even talked we about, talking it. about the live performance. <laughs> yeah, our, our live show at the Australian Grand Prix, the most attended Grand Prix ever, I think. Our live show debut. Yeah. Um, but the reason why that came to mind was because you mentioned meeting people in person for the first time. I met Dan Bennett from Queensland, who's been a member since like day dot. And um, again, he was someone who I'd only known over the internet. And uh, more recently, Joseph Strickland, one of our members who's just moved up from Tasmania, has literally been a member for three years. Met him for the first time like a couple of weeks ago at the, at the meetup. So it is funny yeah. how the community works in, in strange yeah. ways. But um, yeah, the Grand Prix, hey? how good was that? <laughs> the live show debut. Um, yeah, that was, that was great fun. 
And also talking about in-person connection, like, you know, we're running that stall for sort of four days, just sort of getting Sportsgrad out there and, and chatting to the wider community uh, about what we do. And does that many people came came over and said g'day just because we were there? Like, why not? Um, and also came to the live show, obviously. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's um, that was a huge highlight. And I can't wait to get back there next year. It's going to be amazing. Um, all righty. Last one for the at Roos and um, it's around advice and, and what advice you'd give to yourself at the start of the year. So if you could go back to January 1, um, thinking about the year ahead, what what advice would you give yourself? Well, I guess like if I was to look ahead at my 2023 on the 1st of January this year and I knew that my sexual assault case is going to come to fruition, I'm going to go working and traveling for five or six months. How can I make the most of each of these? Um, the advice I'd probably tell myself in that situation is good things will come to you when you are being truest to who you are. So for those who went through the transformational goal-setting webinar that I ran in September, you'll know that part of the process that I run people through in terms of developing their career operating system starts with you know who am I and what do I want and part of the who am I part has been adopted from our friends at leading teams who develop this concept of a trademark you know which is like a tagline for a set of behaviors that you want to be known for and for me my uh, trademark is classic Ruben so whenever I get into a situation where I could go left or right I say well what would classic Ruben do and so and so I guess this year, like the advice I give to myself is just I'd probably just encourage myself to be more classic Ruben because the temptation is always to like go into your shell. So I'd probably just really kind of, you know, prep myself up to be like, no, be more classic Ruben because when you're being classic Ruben, you are getting out there confidently speaking about what it's like to be a victim of sexual assault. Uh, on the absolute flip side of that, you are wearing a full uniform of cricket whites <laughs> to the Lord's cricket ground for the ashes <laughs> and then again to the Cricket World Cup in India. And as outrageous as that sound sounds like, some amazing experiences came from, from both of those things. Um, so I would just kind of remind myself, like, be true to who you are because that's when uh, the best situations arise. Yeah, I love that. Two very different situations, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, nice. I think for me, probably two things. One is just think bigger picture more. Um, I think I look back at some points of the year. I just I'm thinking a month ahead at each time, and I think some advice that we've got from a, a few people uh, recently is just sort of. Think about where you want to get to in three years and work backwards from there. Um, and I think it probably stems from just the stress of, you know, being a co-founder, like trying to figure out like what what the next month is going to bring or what the next three months is going to bring. You always think in the, the really short term. And I think that the challenge is to think longer, longer term and the bigger picture. And I think you're quite good at that where you can think about what the end goal is. And I think we've gotten better at that this second half of the year. So I think about, you know, I wish wish I was thinking that at the start, um, but albeit we're probably in a, in a different position and, you know, probably a little bit more stressed and, and whatnot. So that's always one to, to think about. And the second one is just put, put the customer at the center of every single thing. Um, I still remember going back. I was so confident that our public job board would work. I was like, yep, it's going to be great. All the organizations are going to jump on it as well. Um, we're going to attract all these people. Um, but at the end of the day, like our customer are our members and we took away value and it just didn't, didn't make sense at all. So um, it's a great learning and I'm glad I learned it now instead of a couple of years time. Um, but yeah, I think that's just something that I just have to keep going back to 
which I think again, like we've we've learned from that um, and and gotten better at. So yeah, there um there are a couple of things. All part of the fun, hundred percent. Like I remember when um when we interviewed Sam Perry this year and we were asking about their journey of building the grade cricketer. Mm. Here, like they're doing an outstanding job now, but sometimes I forget they've been around for I think literally ten years, and they've gone up and down, sideways, swings and roundabouts, you know, to the point where they've got like hundreds of thousands of followers. The show they put out every week is outstanding, Um, and I'm like, wow, like they're doing a great job in ten years. Um, Where are we going to be in ten years? You know. Maybe these are just some mistakes that we have to make now because, you know, hopefully when we get to the point that Sam Perry and uh, Ian Higgins are at, uh, things will be looking better as well. But I'm sure they didn't get there without a few hiccups along the way. So even just looking at fellow creators, fellow business builders is great inspiration and support to know that it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the hundreds of thousands of followers of the Swarth Show podcast <laughs> as well, similar to the great cricket. Yeah, tap into, tap into India, I think, is the secret. I think so. Well, some more <laughs> uh, cricket whites in India, World Cup content, and I think we'll uh, we'll get there. Yep, yep, I think so. Brilliant. Well, um, that was fantastic. Uh, should we jump into our sports grad? Yeah, yep. One more our sports grad for the year. Yeah, let's do it. Um, reminder, if you want to ask us a question... Just jump into the SportsCrowd community. We've got an intake in February 2024, so feel free to jump in. You can actually join our waitlist currently. Just head to our website at sportscrowd.com.au slash community, and then you can ask us a question in our designated Ask SportsCrowd Discord channel. Uh, Rubes, this is a, a really great question. I saw this come through this week. It's from Alex. He says, any advice on how to let your employer know that you're considering a new job slash a new career path? The general answer I've found online is don't do it until you have an offer in hand, but this could be different in the sports industry. Really good question. Mm, Great question. Great question. Um, My general belief with this sort of stuff is always to be open and honest. And that is with the assumption that if your manager truly wants what's best for you, then they will be totally supportive of that. So if you are considering a new job or a new path, you need to deeply understand your reasons for that. And whatever you come up with is totally fine. But I would present that to your boss to say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of changing roles or I want to change employers. And I'd say to them, you know, the reasons why I'm thinking of going over there is for these three reasons, because this is more attractive. This is what's most important to me. And then that'll put them in a situation where they have to react and they can either say, that's great. We can't offer you that. Go with our blessing. Or they'll say, shit, like, no, we need you right here, right now. Um, What can we do to make the situation better for you? So I kind of think like, I think, Talk, being open with the people around you is the best way to go about it because either your situation gets better somewhere else or your situation gets better where you are. And to be honest, if they turn around and say, oh, actually, you know, if you're looking to get out, like, well, then then go. It's probably not where you want to be working anyway. So I think being clear, open and honest with the people around you is always the best way to go about it. Mm. I think it also depends on the relationship you have with your with your manager um a lot you know you would have had a lot of discussions around what your career looks like and what your progression looks like and all that kind of thing so if your career plan or you know um goals sit with a role elsewhere because it's going to allow you to to jump up and and take it then i feel like it's not the worst thing to be able to say like hey there's a role here i'm thinking about going for it um, it just, it's very dependent on the situation as well. I think the other way to go is like, you know, if you're going for a role and you, you're fairly confident that you'd, you'd take it, it's almost like a courtesy to sort of mention that it's happening so they can plan on their end. Um, but I, I think it just depends on the relationship. I think that's absolutely key. If you don't have the relationship, then it can, you know, potentially turn a little bit sour because I'll think you're not committed to where you are, but, um, 
you know, if it is that way, then kind of like he said, it, it might not be the environment that you want to be in if, you know, they're not open to you growing your career um, and, and going elsewhere. And I also think entry-level roles in sport, like let's be honest, you're probably going to be in it for one to three years. Everybody knows that once you start, you know, there's a couple of years in the role and you're progressing. Anybody who says otherwise, I think, you know, might be kidding themselves. So I think if you've been in a role for a certain amount of time, there is an expectation that you will be either looking to, you know, rise internally or find a job elsewhere in a, in a bigger position. So just be realistic about it at the same time. Um, but yeah, great question. Mm. Final question for the year. Yeah. Ended with a bang. Good on you, Alex. Brilliant. Well, if you'd like to ask, ask us a question, as I mentioned, jump on our wait list for the SportsGrade community, head to our website and you can find that. Plenty coming up in 2024, including speed networking sessions in mid-January. We've got our meetups in Feb. We've got Imposter Syndrome Masterclass in January as well, Rube. So there is lots happening there. Yep, that's right. Uh, finally, before we wrap up, just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast, everyone who follows us on social media, everyone who works with us, whether you're a, a business in sport or supplier or otherwise. Uh, and of course, massive thank you to our members who literally keep us afloat. Like if we didn't have our members, we, this whole thing just would not exist. So thank you to everyone who... Um, sticks by us and everyone who supports us as well um we hope you enjoy it thank you to um uh to everyone who's come along to our events as well like there's such a great vibe going around everything that we do at the moment not because of us but because of the people who who come along and attend those things um and well done to everybody who's had a massive win this year uh we've given a few people a shout out but there are so many other people out there <laughs> who have had a huge wins um sorry we couldn't mention all of you um but it's been such a huge year for uh for the sports grad community uh those who are members and those who follow along so we just wanted to thank you so much for uh for engaging in what we do and we uh we can't wait to see you again next year we are we're not slowing down in the slightest so um giddy up yeah amazing if you know anyone who loves the show, pass it on, send it on, do whatever you need to do and give us a, a rating if you enjoy the show as well, five stars preferably. You can subscribe on Apple and follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in 2024. Hey guys, one last thing before you go. If you'd enjoy a quick email from us each Friday on all the latest job openings, networking events, Q&As with industry professionals and latest podcast episodes, then subscribe to the SportsGrad newsletter. Head to our website, www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter to subscribe. There's also a link in our show notes to join.